Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So the subject today are conservatorships because Jay Leno has filed for conservatorship of his 77-year-old wife, Mavis. And Jay Leno doesn't have any children with his wife. They're married 43 years. He is somebody who was always publicly saying the fondest things about his wife, recently saying that um, he had a really happy marriage and he chose the right companion for him. And she's a quiet lady, Mavis Leno, and she was able to love him and put up with all of his stuff. This is a man who was on the road very often and... It appeared, if you read about their lives, she didn't necessarily accompany him on the road, but they had an enduring, loving marriage, and he recently disclosed in filing for conservatorship that his wife is suffering from dementia. He said, quote, she's fine. Everybody's good. We're doing well. I just set up a will in case something happens. On Friday, TMZ reported on the filing which said that the 77-year-old in the filing for conservatorship, quote, lacks the necessary capacity to execute the estate plan due to her major neurocognitive disorders, including dementia. So I thought that this would be an opportune time. If you've got a question, you can call me at 203-333-9422 about conservatorships. I remember when Britney Spears was conserved and there was a tremendous movement to free her from her conservatorship like it was some kind of enslavement. Uh, And then we found out and we discovered that um, in the course of the eye on the conservatorship that her father, who had been a conservator for many years, had really abused the conservatorship, had abused his powers, had basically profited as a commission from her working, which is not something, and at the level that she worked, not something typically associated with someone who is conserved. And eventually the conservatorship was canceled and now she has her life. She has her life free to make her choices, make her mistakes, uh, do what it is that she's doing. And so the question, and that's California. And this, by the way, is filed in California as well, Jay Leno's. Here in Connecticut, 
There's a lot that I could tell you about conservatorships. If you've got a, a question on the matter, 203-333-9422, and I'll answer it. The bottom line is that conservators in Connecticut are considered to be arms of the court. They have There is tremendous court oversight in Connecticut for conservatorship. And the threshold question is, is somebody incapable of managing their own person and or their own financial affairs? Their own person, meaning to make decisions about about themselves, about where they live, about what doctor's appointments they want, about the jobs they want to seek, about all of that. Um, and their affairs would be managing their money. Let's go to Elizabeth from Stanford. She can launch us, and I'll be happy to answer the question. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Lisa. I'm so glad that you're talking about this because I was curious when I heard this news why Jay would need to file for conservatorship if they're married. Wouldn't he, by default, as her husband, be able to make the decisions necessary? That is such a good question. You know why, Elizabeth? Because you're the second person that asked me that question in the last day. The answer is no. Spouses do not have the right to make these decisions for other people. No, 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 no. And by the way, please specify what decisions they are. Okay. Oh, you mean things like who's my health proxy, that kind of thing? Exactly. All of that. But actually, health oh. proxy isn't necessarily conservatorship. Health proxies in oh. Connecticut actually supersede conservatorships. If you've named someone as your health care proxy and you name someone else as your conservator, the decision about your health care goes to your health care proxy, not to your conservator. Because if you made that decision to nominate your health care proxy when you were capable... Right. You were capable mm-hmm. of making that decision. The law defers to that person for your health care decisions. And please remind us, because you've been over this in past years, months, of what a conservator of what it's in charge. Yes, definitely. I'd be happy to, Elizabeth. So you let me just again answer the question. Just because you're married to somebody doesn't mean that you have any power or control to be able to make decisions for that person Full stop. In fact, as a matter of law, you don't have any power or control to make decisions mm-hmm. for them. Zero. Um, zero. Whether you file a joint tax return, single tax return, no tax return, it doesn't matter. So the answer is that if you are partners with somebody who is failing mentally, so let's talk about dementia. That's a very common cause for conservatorship. Uh, think about the things when you get up in the morning that you decide to do. All right, you get up in the morning, you decide that you're going to brush your teeth, that you're going to check your calendar, that you're going to go see your friends, that you're going to clean your car, maybe you'll pay some bills, maybe you'll go to work, maybe you don't go to work anymore. If you have dementia, um, how are you going to arrange for somebody to come in and clean your house? How are you going to, because you can't do it yourself, right? Because you have dementia. How are you going to raise to have any kind of aid for yourself? How are you going to arrange to be in a a place where maybe care will be provided for you? So conservators need to step in the shoes for people and make decisions about their life that they are no longer able to make themselves. And if you have anybody in your life with dementia, you know that there are seven stages of it, that people can have very good days in the middle of having very bad days. But overall, the condition impairs their ability to make an informed decision for themselves about what is in their best welfare. They can't assess, oh, I have um, $5,000 a month in income, so I can afford 
to pay $5,000 a month for my own care. And I can get in the car and drive and look at three different places and assess this might be good for me. This might be bad for me. Oh, I forgot to tell them I have diabetes. And so I need to be on a special diet. And basically, a conservator takes over and makes those decisions, Elizabeth. That's what a conservator mm-hmm. does. That, that's what they well, do. Yeah. It's very helpful because, uh, I, particularly if someone already asked you that question, then I don't feel foolish asking. No, it's not foolish I was at thinking, all. <laughs> I was thinking about the fact that uh, it, mar- you've got a married couple. One of them dies. If they've written their will the right way, like the neck, the spouse, the remaining spouse, the surviving spouse, rather, gets all the property. Right. I, I was thinking about that sure, kind of thing. Sure, I get it. And, and but, probably the other person was, too. Right. Yeah. And But see, here's the thing. When you're alive, all of us, we have civil rights that in order for those civil rights to go to somebody else, a court has to rule that we mm-hmm. ourselves are incapable of exercising those civil rights. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. only when we are incapable of exercising them can a court impose an involuntary conservatorship. Now, we Mm -hmm. also have in Connecticut a voluntary conservatorship. I have many cases in my office. I'll give you an example Mm -hmm. in court. I can give you a lot of different fact patterns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Elderly man, 90 years old, um, trusts his daughter implicitly, loves her very much, doesn't particularly have the eyesight or the focus to be able to pay his bills every month anymore. Doesn't know how to get on a computer, isn't interested in getting on a computer. Doesn't have a big life, has social security and a pension. He says, you know what, I'd like to delegate to my daughter the power to be able to do all of this for me. And I've, I've given her my power of attorney, but it doesn't seem to be enough. There are places that don't want to accept the power of attorney. They're giving her a hard time, Your Honor. I think it would be easier if I just make her my conservator of the estate. And also, I think I might have some memory failing me, and I trust Mm. her. And if my memory gets worse, I think that she would be the best person to help on my welfare, and I love her. So I'm going to name her my voluntary conservator of the person and estate right now. And then if I do have dementia, cognitive impairment, I don't have to change anything. The conservatorship Mm. lasts. You don't have to change it from voluntary to involuntary. And we have plenty of people that do that, that feel that a power of attorney isn't enough. They may want court supervision. They may feel it's in their best interest to have the court supervise this arrangement. So they go Mm. in for a voluntary conservatorship. And you do it in probate court in Connecticut. That's where you do it. Mm -hmm. And when, say, in Jay Leno's case, or for a couple such as they, when would someone decide, oh, I guess it's time now 
to look into conservatorship. And by the way, why isn't it called conservator? Oh, why is it that's a good question. <laughs> the good that's, that is, seems to be a unique Connecticut pronunciation, and I had to get oh. used to it. So it's been 10 years and I'm used to it. And now I say it and it sounds weird to me, too, because in New York, it's conservatorship. Right. But in Connecticut, that's all they say is conservatorship. So I've gotten used to it. So that's it's a unique Connecticut regionalism. What can I tell you? And the answer is when the answer is you sort of know it when you're living with someone and you've and you know it. You just know that they have reached that stage in their life where they're not getting better. They have a diagnosis of neurocognitive decline. We don't have any medicines that reverse it. We have some medicines that delay the worsening of it. A combination of Aricept and Amenda together can delay the worsening of it, but we don't have anything yet to reverse it. And so they sort of know because maybe this woman, maybe this woman, um, despite his wealth and whatever, uh, maybe there are things that we don't know about where her own financial arrangements and her own personal arrangements, mm. there have to be decisions made. And for people who might need to consider this, how long does it take from the time you decide, uh-oh, better look into this, to when you're granted the cons- con- the, cons- the conservatorship? The conservatorship. <laughs> um, so the process is this. Uh, you come in and you file a petition, and I can tell you exactly in Connecticut, because I do it every day. In Connecticut, it has to be accompanied by medical evidence that is new. It has to be medical evidence that the person was examined within 45 days of the hearing. A petition for conservatorship, the hearing will be held, I think it's within 30 days. It might be sooner. It might be within 10 or 15 days. It's fast. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are... Then there are specifics, which I don't want to get in too much into the weeds, but let's say somebody, God forbid, has a stroke and they end up in the hospital um, and there is no person that's ever been designated to make decisions for them. That would typically come in on an emergency basis. It's called a temporary conservatorship where you don't need to have a full hearing. The probate judge can be alerted. The family member alerts the probate judge within five days. There's a hearing and typically a close family member is appointed to make those life or death decisions. So the law has a lot of flexibility. If you're ever in that situation, your best bet is to call the probate court. Okay. Well, you know, as you, as you were describing that, I was thinking that I'm not in that situation. I, fortunately, I, I don't need to call upon that um, service. But each of us might in our future be in the where we need the conservator. Yes, yeah, so you can uh, designate. Possible, right? Yes, so, it's good so, to know. so as part of general estate planning, you can designate a conservator mm-hmm. for someone in your future. You can literally do a des. It's not an appointment. It's a designation. And what it means is that the probate court knows that when you were in your right mind, this is who you wanted to be your conservator. It's a designation. Elizabeth, thank you very much. I'm going to go to the next call. Appreciate it so much. Mike from Stanford, what is your question? We're in Lisa on the law. We're talking conservatorships. Yeah, hi, Lisa. Hearing, talking about the uh, conservatorship. In my own sake, I'm a 60-year-old single male that I'm planning my estate now for the future. Um, When you just mentioned the word designation, where do you? Where does one apply for? I want to designate one of my nephews for that capacity. Where does one go to do this paperwork? An estate planning lawyer. Also, oh, just any. So any 
stapling lawyer yes. can go. So you, but you can't do it on your own then, correct? You might be able to. I mean, you know how I'm. I'm very suspicious about legal Zoom, but you might. You might be able to find a form designation of conservator. I would make sure for something important like this that it's witnessed, notarized, etc., because right. it's a big deal. Yep. But remember, it's not an appointment itself because you are. Not appointing anybody right now. You don't need to divest yourself of any civil rights. You understand that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, So at what point does the delegator or delegation turn into being the appointee? It would only be upon a formal petition of somebody uh, else, because this would be like an involuntary. If you were very sick or in some kind of mental distress if you'd had a terrible accident or something somebody would petition they would bring with them hopefully your designation the petition asks has the person designated a conservator it asks that it asks does the person have a power of attorney because we want to know as probate judges is there anything out there that this person may have given us a clue as to who they would want to serve in this capacity Okay, so then the power of attorney is a separate form all in itself. Yeah, power of attorneys. So here's the difference, Mike. A power of attorney is shared power. If I give you my power of attorney, that doesn't mean I'm giving up my rights. I'm saying you also have my rights. So you can also sign for me in a real estate deal. But if I'm there, I'm going to sign for myself. I'm not saying I don't have capacity. I'm just saying we both can do it. Conservatorship is totally different. Conservatorship is I no longer am doing that. You are doing it for me. Or on my behalf. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Yes. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Happy to answer. Okay. So this was Lisa on the law. We're going to spin this off as a free podcast. If you missed any part of it, people tend to have questions. They like it. We have it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. You can go on lisawexler.com and right away it says listen to the podcast. That may be the easiest way. So we encourage you to share that. We're going to be right back. Wayne Winston's in the studio. We'll be right back. 